You are listening to Freedom Wranglers, and I am Chanda. I'm so excited about this portion of what's happening. We can't wait to jump right in. So here we go. Why don't you saddle up, sit back, and get ready to help us wrangle some freedom. Hey, Jamie, it's time to wrangle some freedom, girl. Yippee-ki-yay, girl, we ready. We ready to wrangle it in, girl. Yes, we are. On this fine Wednesday, we've got like our little filter. For those of you listening on our podcast, you can't see us, but we'll probably put a little excerpt out there on our Instagram and TikTok. But uh, we got a little filter here with our own little fireplace. Looks like we're sitting with a fall situation. It's chilly today. I don't know. How is it there? Is it chilly there or are you warming up? You know, we're warming up here. It's not as cold as it has been. The snow has completely melted. The chickens are completely happy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're not uh, around as one of my TikTok followers. They were like uh, friends, I should say now. Um, she was like, we call it white lava. White it's lava. white lava. <laughs> so yeah, we the white lava has dissipated. And now they're they're just grazing the grass. Now they love to eat the grass. There they go. And you're like, go get it, guys. Get the grass. Go get it. Get her done. Get her done. Chicken, chicken in. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, girl, it's supposed to get down to 27 here on Saturday. That's it. It's going to just, we're going to freeze our little tails off here in Jacksonville. What's going to happen to my sun-kissed oranges? You know, it's funny you say that because last night I never, never watched the news and I flicked on the TV and it was news time. It was like 530. So all the news is coming on and I'm looking at this and what are they talking about? First of all, they're talking about how they have bread and onion that doesn't make you cry. Okay, whatever. Like, but it's going to be real expensive to buy. So I don't need your hybrid onion. I'll, I'll cry and pay a whole lot less. Yeah. Exactly. You know, inflation is enough for me right now. I don't need to pay for special. Yeah, onions. can you imagine how much more it's going to cost for special onions? Exactly. I mean, you're right. I mean, the inflation's already popping already. We don't need to be paying extra. Not at all. And that's all. what it is. It's it. extra. It's extra. And then, and they asked people, would you buy it? And they were like, I'll stick with regular onions and cry. And I thought it was yeah. hilarious, you know? Yeah. I am not going to be bougie on my onions. Okay. <laughs> no, I need to be no bougie I'm gonna, onion. I'm going to chop them up and put it. Hey, I wonder if it tastes different when you cook it. Okay. So they did say that it does. It doesn't have, you know, when you want onion taste in your yes. food, it adds, yeah. it, it's, it's a, flavoring to your food it does not do that as much so if you see and I wouldn't like that I like the taste of onions especially my red I read I eat red onions all the time I love my okay that's a bougie onion and listen having a subway (laughs) franchisee we were only allowed to use red onions because they are they're an upper class onion is what they told us well but they're also a healthier onion this is true this is true I do love my Vidalia in the summertime those Vidalia onions they oh, sweet. they're so good. Mm-hmm. But, um, and they don't those make, make good onion rings. They do. And and Vidalia sauce. Anywho, getting totally distracted. And then, but then in reference to the oranges they were talking about, yeah. how a lot of orange grove owners in Florida are actually selling their properties. We're not producing as much orange juice and oranges as we used to. 
So I don't know. I mean, I've been um, down in the Lando Lakes area where they um, have like the factories and all of that stuff. It's an area called Lake Wales, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep it going or not. If Sunkist will keep rolling or if they're going to. Is it, it's a private owned company, right? Sunkist. It's not mm-hmm. a conglomerate or anything. Like right. That. But the Orange Grove owners tend to sell to these guys. Mm. they're farmers so if the crops aren't doing great then a lot of them are just selling their property and people are building houses on it girl there has been so much building i don't know i mean obviously you're getting building there from what you're talking about the the they're it's the same here it's the same here houses are going up and this is a farm area mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. you know i live in a yeah. very rural area yeah. but girl right down the street and you know, right down the street, I almost said my name of my street, right down the street, <laughs> um, right down the street, man, they are building up houses. And so mm-hmm. obviously farmers had sold their property and I'm sitting here like, why are y'all doing that? Yeah, why yeah. are you doing that? I mean, cause they're I mean, making more they're money selling, selling it. They're making more money yeah. selling it than they, they are being farmers. And I mean, I saw that. I noticed that when I was came to visit I drove past all these new housing developments same thing has happened in my area this used to be very rural very country where I'm at and in the eight years I have been um where we're at it has blown up if there's a land listen I get at least two dozen phone calls a week about my property and I've only got two and a half acres Yes. Yes. They do here too. Yeah. They do here, especially my, my father-in-law's house. Oh my gosh. He, he was telling us about that, about how people keep calling and it's just, it's a shame. It's like, mm-hmm. you want, the thing is that it is all about that money. It's all about, oh, yeah. you know, selling, selling mm-hmm. out, but. And they want to see how many houses they could cram on our little, you know, we're, we are zoned for two houses. We could put another one on our property if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know what they would do. They'd probably try and buy out our neighbors, you know, to our left and our right and the back of us and stuff to try and do that. I mean, I wouldn't do it. It's funny because I was like, I just put on a funny accent that one of the last times somebody called me, I was like, hello. I was like, you want to buy my house? I, I work at nail salon. I have done many nails, yeah. <laughs> many, many nails to have my home. You can't have my house. They were just like, oh, we don't want to take it. We want to buy it. I messed with them. Something rotten. I recorded the whole thing. It's been a great TikTok, but I'm just like, yeah, what are you calling me? Like, yes. Yes. I love that. I love that whole prank call thing. Like totally like messing with people. It's like, uh, you order tikapara? You got kampal tipple? Yeah. I pulled that one. And then um, I've also pulled the, you know, um, a while back during like an end of 2020, we got a lot of calls and I would pull the whole, um, are you calling to, to, to make sure that I get my check from Mr. Trump? where's my check from Trump? And then we'd uh-huh. be like, no, 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 we're not calling about your check. And I'm like, well, I don't want to talk to you if I don't get my check from Mr. Trump. Uh-huh. And it would be like, I was like, I want my stimulus. I want my stimulus sick. Give it to me. Oh, I love to mess with these people. And I know they just have a job to do. So please forgive me, but uh, it just, the calls get annoying. And if I have one more yeah. phone call about my car's warranty, my word. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, Take it and stick it in your ear. Anyways, 
<laughs> We've got a lot going on. I mean, I know I've got a lot of different things that I even added after we talked about what we were going to kind of run through. So um, you're seeing some stuff and you were mentioning about the whole 5G towers that have turned on and, and a couple of different things. You want to you want to run us through what you're seeing, girl? Well, um, you know, I came across something because, you know, and this kind of goes along the lines of what we were just talking about just a few minutes ago about farmers and uh, selling their properties. And, um, you know, I was just kind of looking around at uh, some different things uh, that I had come across. And it appears that that people are selling their properties, like you said. Um, and the government wants to uh, basically control the food that we're eating. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I went down a rabbit trail, y'all. And uh, I came across uh, what's called a trilateral commission. And that was started back in 1973. So it's a highly selective and um, institution that's only, it's only for 400 members, about roughly 400 members. This again started in 1973, and uh, they share a commitment to private enterprise mm -hmm. and trade and multi and multi materialism and global governance. Now, right there, that's that should be a red flag right there. Global governance. I mean, what are we seeing right now in the world today? Yeah. We we are seeing a global, you know, green deal, a global now. We're going to get into the vaccine OSHA thing here in a little while, yeah. but, but we're just seeing this global coming together and, you know, what's happening is with this global governance is this is what you call elitism. And then I know we touched on that last time too. We were talking about, you know, who are these people, mm -hmm. you know? And so we know that this trilateral commission is, is, is got 400 members. This was back in 2021. We know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bravisky Zabliblif, I can't even say the guy's name. Okay, I can't say the dude's name. All right, but he Sounds he good. is, he's Polish. Get this, a Polish guy, Polish, okay. Uh, I mean, you can't even pronounce the poor guy's name. Bravisky is his last name, okay. He was a counselor. Now, again, 1973, he was a counselor for Linda B. Johnson. All right. That's during my moment. My dad went to Vietnam and your daddy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he was a national security advisor for Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. So you have this, you know, trilateral thing going on, which the agenda. And of course, we talked about that. We also mentioned that they even had it even before then, mm -hmm. uh, before 1973. But this is a quote that I saw, which was interesting. And I think this, this was uh, Henry Kissinger. Uh -huh. All right. He said, if you control the oil and you can, you can control the nations. If you control the food, you control the people. Of course, of course. Yeah. And that was Henry Kissinger. And it just goes to show what, what is ultimately the world's agenda and how it's all coming together? Yeah. 
And it's just something that we all need to be aware of. And, that, and I'm, I'm glad we have this platform to kind of remind you yeah. um, of the things that are going on uh, and how mass media is also infiltrating us. And we're subliminally getting these images in our head mm-hmm. of how socialism yeah. Yeah. is supposed to be. So it's just, it's, it's crazy and it's overwhelming. I know to hear that, to know that they want to control oil so they control nations Uh and that they, these elite people also want to control food Uh and how right now it's important to really think in your heart of hearts. Should I sell my land? Right. Or should I cultivate my land right now? Right. Yeah. What, what should we be doing? What should we be doing? So th- that was my biggest thing that I'm seeing. And that the Litsky guy that I was just telling you all about, mm-hmm. he actually has a son right now who is an ambassador <clears throat> in Poland for the U.S. So the legacy lives on. Mm-hmm. So this machine ain't stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This machine ain't stopping. Well, it becomes a family business, if you like. And, uh, you know, his father, I believe, uh, it looks as if his father went to Harvard. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to say he probably became a citizen at some point because he couldn't, he couldn't serve in those capacities. He died in false church, his father, yeah. um, in 89. Yeah. And, um, but It's interesting because, you know, we have to understand the things that are set up and the monitoring that they want to do on all of us. They want to take our land. They want to um, monitor everything we eat and consume. And they want to tell us what we should watch, what we should listen to, where we should go to church, if we should go to church, you know, all the way down to what kind of money we should have. I mean, yes. they're very anti-cryptocurrency. And yes. cryptocurrency is going to be, it's really the way forward in so many ways because, you know, gold is what, that's the standard, the gold yes, standard is. that our money mm-hmm. should be backed by. And I use the word should because it's not backed by it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had that challenge right there and they don't want us doing it. I really believe right now what we are beginning to see is the narrative that the left has tried to push, the narrative mm-hmm. that they have an agenda that they have to try and take control of things is crumbling in several areas. Yes. So uh, be prepared. What I will say is this, buckle up, because I would say this, I believe that what we're going to see in the next six months, within the first two quarters of this year, we're going to see some really tough stuff. We're going to go through some crazy bumps, and it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. However, I believe there's going to be a different country come the second half of this year. I believe by the third quarter of this year, we're going to see a very different United States. And I think for the better, there's too many people standing up. There's too many people pushing back and they are beginning to back down. So OSHA, you know, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, they're backing down. 
Yes. Um, they're not going to uphold the vaccine mandate because of what SCOTUS made, you know, the decision on the ruling yes. last week. So yes. that's huge. Um, huge. So big. Such a good win. I feel like we're seeing more and more wins for if you want to call it the good guys, you know, yeah. the white hats, yeah. we're seeing more wins. And um, that's just one. But what I do foresee happening is this. There's going to be some companies. They're going to be the jerks. They're going to play the jerk card. And they're going to say, well, that's fine if OSHA doesn't upend it, but we're a privately owned company. And therefore, you still have to get the vaccine or you still mm-hmm. have to test to work here. And I think what they're going to end up with is a whole lot of lawsuits. That's We're right. Going to that's right. Lawsuit after lawsuit, that's girl. right. It's going to be horrible. And you know what? That's the thing is this global. And I, I keep saying the global elite, yeah. you know, just like I was talking to you all yeah, about they're from the everywhere. So it, it's obvious that they, this agenda that they have for this COVID vaccine mandate is now becoming, and I love this word, I heard it today, it's becoming a minutia, a minutia. So it's basically disintegrated and now they have to come up with some other plan because like you said, they're going to sue, people are gonna be able to sue these companies, these private companies because OSHA doesn't have the backing for them. So if there's something to have to them like a heart palpitation or some kind of reaction to this, shot which they've been proven that people have been getting reactions and blood clots and all kinds of stuff they're it's all getting out in the open praise god i've been praying for this and now you know it's going to become a minutia because now it, they don't have anything to grab on to control the people anymore so now they're going to change up their plans i'm sure they've already met there's 400 people, the trilateral, whatever. They're probably all coming together at the round table mm-hmm. to come up with another plan. And that's what they're doing, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's going to become, I, the, the word minutia means trivial. It's going to become trivial. Yeah. All yeah. of these things are just going to become minute and not that important any longer because yeah. people are going to push back. People are going to say, hey, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. OSHA said no. Why are you trying to uphold this? You're trying to force me to take something into my body. Now, I think we're going to see lawsuits, not even about the repercussions of taking the vaccine. We're going to mm-hmm. see lawsuits on trying to be forced to take it. That's, That's what right. I think we're going to see. And mm-hmm. here's the, one of the biggest sure. things I was talking to somebody yesterday about was if people had just held out, if they had just stood their ground. Because here's the thing. This nonsense didn't kick in until January 1. Yes. Right. So Mm -hmm. the forced mandate, the forced vaccination didn't kick until January one. And then they were giving people till the end of January to get the vaccine. If they had just said no, or back in September, when people, when um, doctor's offices and such were saying, you got to be vaccinated by the first of October. Mm -hmm. If people had just stood their ground, they wouldn't have taken Mm -hmm. it. And now do you know what's happening? They're mad. They're mad because they took it and they wished, and now they're finding out they didn't have to take it. Yeah, and they're finding out even more about how there's reactions and problems yeah, with yeah. it. And they were getting experimented on. Exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? You're not very strong-willed, are you? That you wouldn't mm. just stand your ground. And if they had just stood their ground, like the example that my friend used yesterday with me was that um, she knows someone that works in a medical office for a specific hospital here, and I will not name them, but they decided that everybody had to be vaccinated by mm-hmm. a specific date at the end of September. 
And um, this, there were only three medical assistants that work in this office. And one of the medical assistants that she knows was the first to go get it. After they'd said, I'll never get it. I ain't doing this, blah, blah, blah. They went and they got it. And then what happened was now this individual is picking up all the slack because the other two hadn't gotten it and they got sent home for over six weeks. Oh. <laughs> and now they're complaining, well, I gotta yes. do all the work. And the response, you know, that she said to them was, well, if you had just waited out, if you'd said no and they'd said no, then they would have backed off. Yes. Then you would have had your whole team together yes. instead of having to be the person to do all the work. You know, I mean, I guess people just aren't thinking. And I think a lot has to do with the media. These people are getting brainwashed by CNN mm-hmm. and just thinking. And, you know, CNN is in bed with the CIA. Okay. I just want to put that in the FBI. So they're all in it together. Okay. And so, you know, it's just, we have to be careful what we're, what voices we're listening to because really, if they would, if those nurses would have stood by with the other nurses by, you know, stepping out and saying, no, I will not take this shot, then they wouldn't have had to do all that. And then they would have had the pushback with the big hospital corporations to say, you know what, we need to get them back in here and not push this mandate on them because we need more workers. We need our workers. Exactly. I mean, it's all about coming together. And here's the thing, a company can do with losing, you know, let's say a company of hundred people, they can handle losing 10 to 20 people they'll figure it out, right? They'll Mm -hmm. still survive. But a company can't function with losing, say, 40 or 50 people. You know, you lose 40 of 100 employees, you're going to be up a creek without a paddle. And so if people would just get together and say, I don't agree with this and stand up for what's right. And it's not about being anti-vax or pro-vax. It's about choices and freedom. And I have said this before, I believe people need to have a choice. I choose not to take that into my body. I have multiple reasons why, and I've covered them on various different, you know, times. But for me, people still should be able to choose. You shouldn't be forced. And that's what the mandate was doing, was trying to force it. And that's why I fly my American flag out in my front yard is because of that freedom, you know? And it's the same with religion too. I'm not going to force my religion on you. If you want to come to Christ, it's free will. You know, everything should be, that's what this country was founded on. And for you to force it for those people to force this on their people is, is, is so, and I keep saying it's demonic. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. There are, there are powers that be that want control and they're, they have an agenda and those Mm -hmm. powers that be are spiritual forces that are at work. And there are, they are utilizing the people that are in power at this current time because those people allow themselves to be used. You know, um, I think that tagging into the whole vaccination thing, um, the FDA, (laughs) the FDA has now removed the approval for antibody treatment and says it isn't effective on Omicron. So, because their narrative isn't working, that everybody get vaccinated, yes. the fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, well, we'll take this away from those yep. that aren't vaccinated so they get forced to do it. Yeah. It ain't going to put me in that position yep. to go and yep. get vaccinated. You know, yep. that's what they think. So what they're doing is they're now taking away a medicine that helps yep. people and prevents the hospitals from being overrun. They don't like it. 
Yes. And this is another ploy. It's another plan because the FDA is in the pocket of our government and they're being told exactly what to do and the games to play. Just mm-hmm. as CDC is, just as, you know, our, our news um, segments are, you know, CNN, and we have all of these different companies. So there's just a lot of hinky stuff, but I see it as a crumbling. I see that we're winning and we're winning and they hate it because people are standing up for freedom. Yep. Yes. And then we have a lot of prayer warriors out there. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what it is. Like we were talking in our last segment about you know, prayer and how prayer changes things. Yeah. And it's true. You know, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We, we are battling against the principalities in high places and they okay. want to discourage us. Mm-hmm. They want to keep us fearful. They don't want us to think that, that there's power in mm-hmm. prayer mm-hmm. and that, that that's the whole thing. That's, that that's exactly what the demons are trying to do is trying to discourage the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They sure are. And, you know, I mean, so uh, I don't want this whole segment to be about vaccine, but it's just interesting because there's so much is taking place. Yeah. The UK and Ireland last year have lifted their vaccine mandates. Um, and that is things such as masks, uh, showing your passport, all this shenanigans that they've been doing for a while they have lifted it. Uh, the UK was last Friday, it was lifted. The And then Ireland, I believe, was Saturday they lifted it. Um, and it's just interesting because we're seeing this take place. And I was talking uh, with my mother-in-law about it. And I was like, how do you feel about that? And she was like, well, you know, it's about time. We've been restricted for two years now. She said, mm-hmm. this is just, it's been this ongoing thing of restriction, restriction. And then they tell you to get vaccinated, but you're still restricted. And she said, nothing makes sense. And uh, I, I think it's interesting because now we're also looking at the CDC. And we mentioned this vaguely last week, how they're moving the isolation of when you had COVID. So initially during 2020, it was 14 days isolation, you know, test negative, then you can get back out and around people. Then they bumped it down to 10. And that was, you know, stay at home, then test negative and come on out. Now we're at five days and you don't have to test negative. You just have to be asymptomatic or not feel bad. And that's okay. Go back to work, go around everybody. And they're even saying for medical professionals, hey, you know what? Even though you might test positive, you feel fine. Come on back into work. It's okay. No big Mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. And what I think, this is my theory. My theory is this. They're working on herd immunity. Mm. And they're doing it very slowly by reducing the isolation. And they won't say that's what they're doing. But I watched a full um, review on the Amish community and how they've been very successful with herd immunity. And it's like now, yeah, now they're pushing this. And but they're not saying they're pushing it. I believe that's what's happening in the UK. I believe that's what's happening in Ireland. They're like, if we just open things up and allow herd immunity to take effect, then we can treat this like the common cold and flu every year. Hello. What have we been saying the whole time? Yes. I don't know why they didn't even go with that in the very beginning. You know, Dr. Fauci comes in there and in his little white coat. And his glasses, 
to say, you know, to cause a fear mongering upon us, upon the whole country and just open the gates, wanted to open the gates of hell. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, uh, that's exactly what he did because fear is not of God. Okay. No, no. And just went and just wanted everybody to be fearful, put these masks on their face, you know, and I mean, it got so bad. Okay. In the beginning where I saw people with a snorkel goggles on at Walmart. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. It just yeah. got that bad guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not going to sneeze on you. You know, I mean, it's crazy yeah. how, how we've just gotten so, you know, fearful just mm-hmm. to be around a human being that may have a little cough or sniffle mm-hmm. might itch their nose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I look at it from two perspectives. The first per- perspective is that like, you know, Fauci is nothing, but he's a fear monger, like you said. So, you know, this is, uh, the captain of fear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, he, he's pushing that. Uh, the other thing is, is yeah, you know, um, it's it caused people to do things they wouldn't do otherwise go up and scream and shout at someone that isn't wearing a mask or yes. something like that behavior that we would never accept in society, but all yes. of a sudden it's okay. Pushing people out of elevators if they don't have a mask on them yet, that person was in the elevator before you, but you're going to push them out. Like it, it is crazy, insane in the membrane stuff that has been taking yes. place over the past two years. Yes. But I will say this COVID is real. It's a real virus. It's a real man-made virus. But if you are a healthy individual, if you take your immune type supplementation, if you are wise and you get it, you will recover. You treat it like a yes. cold. You will mm-hmm. be fine and you will recover unless you have a pre-existing condition with your lungs or your heart, which mm-hmm. is the same thing for people that get pneumonia. If you have, yes. like, if you have these pre-existing conditions, you are at more risk when yes. you get pneumonia or you get the yes. flu or you get bronchitis and I can go on and on and on. So yes. it's not, COVID's not unique in that way. It is and so my whole family, we have recovered extremely well, but it's real and the symptoms are real. You know, the, it, what makes it unique, the things that make it unique and make it unlike a cold are your loss of taste and smell mm-hmm. and the rash. I would say those are the two things that make it unique and separate from a cold or the flu. So people that are going around saying it's just the cold, it's just a flu. No, it's not. It is different. There is a mutation in there and there are symptoms that you can get, not everybody gets them, but you can get that are different and unique. And so I do say, I'm not going to say it's the cold. I'm not going to be that naive due to the fact that I've had it, you know? Um, But like you said, it's like, you're treating it though. You treat it like a cold. It's like that. And it's nothing to get overly overwhelmed about to the point of being rude to somebody because they sneeze. Or they, they coughed, you know, around you or something. I mean, come on, y'all. You know, there's no need for that. I mean, yes, I do think that people should still have the same etiquettes. You know, when you sneeze, you know, sneeze in your arm and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And if you, you know, bring tissues with you and stuff like that, just be, you know, have common etiquettes. Don't be like sneezing them. Now that's rude. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like you said, just treat it 
and you I know, think, you know, if you have a flu or you have the cold, you wouldn't go out and cough around everybody intentionally. Mm-mm. You would stay, most, most normal people, normal yeah. people would stay home. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing for this. Stay home until you start to feel yeah. better. I stayed home. I yeah. did my shopping online and I just drove up and I had them put it in the back of the car. It was contactless, you know, ordering for my groceries. I think that that's not only sensible for me, but yeah. It's showing that I care about my fellow human being and I'm not going to spread yeah. something unnecessarily. Come yeah. on. You know, let's not and be see, stupid. And, and you see, you know, that is the correct way to respond. But it's like for the other side, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. saying that we're, you know, not being compassionate to human beings if we don't get the shot. Well, they're telling us said, we don't love our neighbor is what they're telling yes, us. Yes, that's what exactly. They're using the scripture. You're using the Bible just a little piece of it and, and trying to say that we don't love our neighbor if we don't get to shop it now. Mm-hmm. Now it's minutia. Yeah. So. It's very, it's very tiny. It's, it's, you know, it's like, whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's where we're going to be, you know, in, in the third quarter of this year, we're going to be in a position of whatever. There might be a couple of states that try and hold out, but I believe that more and more states, more and more companies or more Americans are saying enough's enough. There are liberals that are waking up like nobody's business. They've had enough. They're actually saying, I'm sick of COVID. I'm sick of hearing about it. I am sick of being scared of it. And I'm tired of believing the lies that are being put out to us because they did lie to everybody and tell them that this vaccine will stop you from getting it. And boy, howdy, they changed their story as soon as people vaccinated and started getting it. Yep. And so anyways, I I feel the same way as other people. I'm sick of talking about COVID. I'm sick of COVID. I don't like COVID. I say, go home, COVID. So yep, (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we don't want you anymore. And we're not going to get back to a, I want to go back to where we were. No, you're not going to go back to where you were. I'm sorry. That's gone. That's two years old, folks. At some point, we have to say to ourselves, and I hate this phrase, this is just my new norm. No, no, it's called move forward. Yes. Move forward because change is inevitable in our lives. Yes. And things have changed and we have to move forward. And uh, I'll say this and I'll get off of the vaccine wagon. But, you know, for me, I... (sighs) Somebody said to me out of the blue, they were like, are you okay after having COVID? And I was wearing a mask because I was at church around in a very small enclosed place. And I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm fine. I said, but I want to make sure my immune system is hundred percent before I start really mingling with people without a mask. And she's like, I am such an anti-masker. And I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, I said for a good period of the past two years, we haven't worn masks. I said, but then unfortunately we did get COVID and she says, well, we didn't get COVID till we got the vaccine. I wanted to go on a cruise. And so I said, I'll get the vaccine so we can go on our cruise. I was like, wait, hold up, pause, pump the brakes. You went and got the vaccine just so you could go on a cruise. Huh? <laughs> she was lucky I had a mask on. Cause I'm sure my mouth was just like, Oh, what are you talking yeah. about? And then and out of the blue, somebody, the yes, yes. And somebody across the room goes, well, it don't matter. It doesn't work anyway. So don't bother getting it. I said, well, I'm not going to get it for a whole host of reasons. I said, I have a lot of different reasons and convictions why I wouldn't get it. I said, but yeah. 
you know, good for you, girl. You've got your cruise on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's like we were saying, I, I do think it's a precursor, okay? Mm-hmm. I think this was a whole you know, assimilation matrix thing to trying to see how, what, how, how they can get people to take something. Uh, so it was a testing of the waters to see how total testing, total testing to see how we would respond. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see what the next thing's going to be because it's coming down the pike because this didn't work. No, it didn't work. And it is like, like we've said, it's crumbling. It's all falling apart. Um, well, on a couple of different topics, um, the Pope is woke. Pope. There you go. Pope Francis is What's urging. Francis doing? Oh, good old Franny. Uh, <laughs> he is urging parents to not condemn a child with different sexual orientation. Jesus. What? Mic drop. Yep. Yeah. So hence why I say the Pope be woke. I don't know. He woke up and said LGBTQXYZ, LMNOP, whatever their title is today. Um, you know what? Don't worry about it. We love them all. I'm waiting for him to do the first gay wedding. That that'll be it in the Catholic Church. You know, and I know some really devout Christian Catholic people that read their Bible. They just grew up in a Catholic church. My daddy was Catholic until he converted to Protestantism with my mother. They read the Bible. They love Jesus. Oh, yeah, they do. And I just can't imagine how discouraged they are right now seeing their uh, vicar, vicar, that is a vicar. Well, he's the head of the church. He's God. He's God incarnate. Yeah, so to see their vicar, like act like this and say these things it's gotta be so overwhelming and i know mel gibson's not too happy about all that mel gibson's not perfect i'm not saying any is but i know you love yourself some brave heart so that's why yeah i mean you know (laughs) (laughs) i I ain't gonna lie so you know (laughs) but But, i i think that um it's just a sign of where the bodies of christ because there are multiple bodies at this current time are headed and i have some i know some wonderful catholic people that you know i don't care what denomination you're in do you love jesus have you asked him to be your lord and savior all right let's roll that doesn't matter to me um are you living a life that is you know um glorifying to him those are the questions i have but this is just taking things as, as the head of that church. I mean, he's beyond a vicar. He is, he's the head of the Catholic church and they view him as God. So like, he's the one that has the anointing as far as they're concerned for him to say that goes against every grain of that church. It goes against every grain in the Bible. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. And, And it takes me to the next thing, which is in Finland, we're seeing that religious speech, religious freedoms are being attacked as well as freedom of speech. So a former government government minister in Finland, and I'm not trying to say her name because it's Finnish and I, I don't speak Finnish. So it yeah. was like, I don't know, a lot of different slashes and dashes and dots and things. And I was like, I don't know how to say that. So we're going to just be like, 
this lady. Anyways, she is actually on trial for hate speech because she used a Bible verse in an online post. And she is an MP for Christian Democrats. It's a party in Finland. And she described homosexuality as shameful and unnatural. And she is not the only one on trial in Finland right now. There's a Lutheran bishop in Finland that's facing the same charges for what? Republishing her writings. So this sounds like a reverse of the Salem witch hunt here. They're coming for Christians. They're coming for those. They're coming for Christians. That's right. So if, so you've got this side, the Pope making this statement, but then you've got these people that are standing up for righteousness that are quoting the word of God and they're being condemned. They're being put on trial. They could go to prison or receive a 13,000 euro fine. And it's just mind boggling to me, but let me take it one step further. In Indonesia, there's a Christian politician that's been arrested for hate speech against Islam over a post that he made online that references nothing to do with their prophet or their religion, but they're saying he he did something that offended them. So they're looking for a 10 year imprisonment on him. Go I figure. Mean, I mean, it's like, you know, since when does it, you know, a Christian offensive for speaking the truth and love, you know, it's like, now we're just going to be, it's like, a circus all over again we're in the coliseum getting killed all over again mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah they are coming for the christians they want to in a sense crucify us but from a legal standpoint and yeah. their type of curse cru- their type of crucifixion is to put us in prison for speaking the truth for actually just quoting the word of God. They, yes. hate, they hate us because we are a threat. Um, you know, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, I got a, a couple other things that I'll, I'll tap into here in a, a minute. You got anything else you want to add in, Jane? Well, I was just going to say that this goes back to the mainstream media too, you know, to try and demoralize Christians yeah. by silent, silencing them. And that's been going on for quite a while. I, I think we had a reprieve, and I will say that we had a reprieve with Donald Trump. Yes, we did. Okay. Right. Yeah. We were able, because I remember when Obama was in power, I had a, you know, a Facebook page. And I just remember that anytime I said something about the Lord, it's like I'll get shut down mm-hmm. on Facebook. And it was like, oh my goodness. What's, and then you would hear things like um, uh, at the Fort Jackson uh, Army base, they, this was during Obama. Okay. They, they normally always had a uh, nativity scene in the front of Fort Jackson. Uh-huh. Well, as soon as Obama became president, they took it away. Mm-hmm. And he's the commander in chief over the military. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's the one that is the end all that, you know, let's get rid of all that. Yeah. And, you know, and all these statues going down and all this stuff. You know what? We did have a reprieve with Donald Trump. So I will give that. And say, thank you, Jesus, that we had a reprieve. And I, I, I'm thankful for that. But now I just feel like we're going backwards again. I feel like we're going back into they're wanting to demoralize Christians. They're wanting to keep us quiet. They don't want a revival. They don't want a jubilee. They don't want anything that's going to get Christians together, worshiping and crying out to, to Yeshua. Yeah, that's right. Okay? That's right. Yep. Yep. 
You're exactly right there. And I think that uh, I think it's interesting that you say that because I'm just actually looking something up really quickly. I'm trying to think back as I'm thinking back through the presidents. I was trying to remember who's the last president that we had that actually served in the military. Mm. And um, I, I think if we're going back, I think it could be Bush maybe the last one that actually served in our military that became commander in chief. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong. I'm going to look really quickly. And because I think that that's an interesting thing. How can you lead our nation and say you're the commander in chief if you have no military experience? Mm -hmm. I don't yep. know. Well, all it did was give me a list of the presidents. That's not helpful. <laughs> I'm like, well, what? <laughs> 31 presidents who have served in the military. Let's see here. Well, we know that, you know, uh, George Washington. He yes. To, you know, he was. He was out there and that pretty much changed his life being out in war. Yes. I, read about, I read about that. Um, it was. It was George W. Bush was our last president that we had that actually had served in the military. Mm. That is a very interesting thing and a whole nother topic, but why, why are we, why do we not have more men that have served in the military that are wanting to lead our nation? And I'm not saying that um, everybody's done a bad job because they didn't, but uh, what I am saying is that we're dealing with um, you know, presidents that um, after George W. Bush, so after 2009, uh, Obama, he, he'd never served in the military. He's going to be the commander in chief. And, you know, uh, they were probably, the reason he probably didn't put that uh, nativity up is because he's Muslim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He has slipped up and said that a couple of times. Yeah. It sure has, but you know, one nation under God and everything. And I don't know, there's a whole lot. Well, of and also, he blasphemed, yeah, and he would blaspheme the scriptures. He would say stuff like, Oh, why would you want to turn the other, turn the other cheek? Mm -hmm. Look at this scripture, you know, like he just totally blasphemed Jesus, yeah, you know, and the word of God. And yeah, I just, I'm just never, I never voted for him at all. No, girl. so. I wasn't a fan of his. I didn't either. I lived in uh, the UK initially when he went into office. And then mm -hmm. I was here for the end of his second term. And boy, howdy, that's why I was like, who's who's running? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hillary? Oh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I'll be voting for him. Donald Trump, man, I'll vote for DT, but you know, um, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, you know, our home uh, state of Virginia, there's a school there, a high school where kids, if they're not wearing a mask, their lunch time has been cut down to 15 minutes, whereas those that do wear masks get a 30 minute lunch. That's nice. I'm so looking forward to the day where everybody burns their masks. Amen, where they can just throw them in the fire, like our fireplace right here. Just yes. throw it in there, guys. You yes. know, 
So yeah. instead of, you know, in the sixties where they were burning the brawls, they burn in their masks. <laughs> I'm a mask burning, an MB. Yeah. Let's go. 2022, burn the mask, burn it. And I bet they're, these kids that don't wear the mask, they, they videotaped it, you know, there's a little video out there, but their mamas must be saying things like, I'm just a regular mom, not trying to raise liberal kids. So <laughs> I want that on the back of my car. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is during the burning of the brawl, that was liberalism, right? Yes, it was. Well, look at this is conservatism. We're burning our masks. Yes, yes. let's go. <laughs> tables have turned right (laughs) we don't want communism uh kamala harris is blaming covid19 for human trafficking surges across the border it's called make it make sense yeah it's covid's fault it's all covid's fault COVID has, has left the border unattended. COVID didn't continue to build the wall. COVID said to the people, come, come. <laughs> Bring yeah. Across the border. COVID said, hey, this is a great time for human trafficking. Let's go, gang. They're getting found out is what's happening. They have to cover their tracks. They're getting found out that there is a really big problem with human trafficking but it's not because of COVID. That is a scapegoat for them. They are coming up with these ways to manipulate and to deter what is really going on. Okay. She's just as quacky as Joe is calling that, that poor, poor reporter that just asked a legit question about inflation. And then he mumbles under his breath, not realizing his microphone's on and calls him an SOB. And I thought, Ooh, Great. That's a great example of the commander in chief right there. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Oh, I do believe it. Actually, I do believe it. We have potato heads running our country right now. They've got a brain. They just have little potato head running around. Yeah. They're just little puppets. They're doing whatever these trilateral elitists are telling them to do. They're just up there just being like a Muppet, a Muppet show. It's worse than the Muppet show. Yeah, I feel like you and I are those two old guys that sat up in the balcony and we're watching. We're like, boo. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> are. That's what we are. We're up here. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm just waiting for, I'm just waiting for Kermit the Frog to come out and say, hey, uh, we had enough of this. <laughs> I know. Uh, Kermit the Frog here. I'm going to take over yeah. the country and yeah. it's all going to be a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Listen, yep. Miss Piggy and Kermit could run this country better. That's, That's right. all I'm going to say. I don't leave yep. it there. I don't want to insult yep. the Muppets, you know, but Lord, there's just so much nonsense that comes out of there. I know that, you know, Saki was asked what Biden's plans were the other day, and she's given this whole rundown of, oh, he's going to have this meeting. And um, nope, he was shopping in a boutique. And then <laughs> he said he's going he's gonna to have this other meeting, and he's off getting ice cream, double scoops. Yeah. I mean, uh, he really has an ice cream fetish. And do you know that ice cream is actually really good for people with dementia? It helps them a lot, for real. It must it must help them to go back to their childhood and, <laughs> and, and try to come back to their childhood of, of, of real uh, cognitive. Uh, it causes him to have a process. brain freeze yeah. Yeah. so he doesn't actually think like... 
I tell you what, he's just, his handlers let him off his leash the other day and he got out of control. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, yeah. that's why he said what he did to the reporter, you know? Um, I will say this about Saki. I, I have to say the other day I saw her and her red hair and she had this really cute, cute black blouse on that had the puff shoulders. I was like, that looks really nice, but I really don't want to hear anything that's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> exactly. She is no Kaylee McEnany. That's all I know. I'm I just saying, I know, but she actually looked all right that time. And I was like, okay, I'll, let me just, well, I really don't want to hear you. So click. <laughs> she looks like the female version of Zuckerberg from Facebook. Oh, like, they look like they do. They've look morphed into one another. That's, oh, yeah. I don't know. She's just not. She's not a nice person. And Kaylee mm-hmm. was very commanding. Um, and she didn't take any garbage off of anybody, but she wasn't nasty. You know, she wasn't, yes. she didn't talk down to people. And I think that that's what Jen does. She just talks down to people. But, you know, uh, the media is trying to create fake a fake feud between Trump and DeSantis. That's hilarious. Really? I didn't yeah. see that. They, they're really doing that? The media is doing that? Was it yeah. CNN? Probably. Yeah. But, you know, and DeSantis came back with like, that's, this is fake. They're trying to create something that is false. Yeah. There's no feud between us. He supported me and endorsed me when I ran for governor and we supported him when he ran yes. for president. Mm-hmm. Girl. Well, it's because he's in Florida. He's in Florida and there's DeSantis. He's in Florida. So they're afraid. They're thinking yeah. that they're becoming chummy. So they're coming out and saying these negative things about their relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and and it's always, they're always trying to create <sighs> something that isn't nothing. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. That was the same. Do you remember with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, how they would mm-hmm, try to mm-hmm. do yeah. that when we were in high school? Yeah. Back yeah. in the 90s. Well, I will finish off with this. Kid Rock has ripped Biden and Fauci a new one with his new song called We the People. Check it out. It's got a lot of F-bombs in it. I'm just going to put it out there. I I mean, it's good to listen. I will say this. I do suggest just listen to to it once because the lyrics are like, okay, you're speaking some truth there. You didn't need the F-bomb in there, but you are speaking truth. And one of the things is, you know, um, he said, uh, we wear, wear your mask, take your pills. Now a whole generation is mentally ill. That's some powerful lyrics right there. Yeah. He does say F Lord Fauci. Um, oh, he said that? He, he said does. Lord Fauci? Well, no, he just says, I know oh. he just says Fauci. Um, oh, I was going to, but yeah, but we, we, yeah. Yeah. We, I get it. And he, you know, he made the statement in it. Uh, COVID's near, it's coming to town. We got to act quick, shut our borders down. Joe Biden does, the media embraces Big Don does it, and they call him a racist, referring to Big Don, yeah, Don Trump. So we the people is one of the big things that they say. He actually says F8 Facebook, F Twitter too, and the mainstream media, F U222. <laughs> so he really like, I mean, he sticks it to them. Yeah. Huge. He talks about inflation in it. He talks about the minimum wage. He talks about BLM. He said Black Lives Matter, no beepity beep, man. Like, he's like, no, you know, you, you got to be kidding that you're actually saying this stuff. 
Um, and, he, and he talks about how we have to keep fighting for the right to be free. Every human being doesn't have to agree. We all bleed red. Listen to me. It's time for love and unity. So it's mm-hmm. he he puts it to CNN, TMZ, social media trolls. I mean, mm-hmm. he really gets to it. Um, People and- are frustrated. People are done. People don't yeah. want they they're tired of this crazy narrative of fear mongering yes yes. we're just tired of it and this this fauci guy and we're just done with him yeah we're just done with this fear mongering and the world is awake you talk about woke we awake okay people are waking up super fast now yes now it's happening but they've had to see so much they've had to be put under the pressure of the garbage And the biggest thing that he says in his lyrics, I just think it's like, yes, this is my favorite part of it. In order to form a more perfect union, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Mm -hmm. He refers to our constitution. I don't agree with his language, but I agree with his ethos here on what he's pushing and trying to say, hey, this this group of individuals that are running our country are crazy. The media is in bed with them. You know, we have to stand up and stand tall because yep. it's for one and it's for all, all the people, we the people. And that's a very, mm. he does say a lot of let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon is in the song. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yes. you know, we're at a place where mainstream singers and artists have had enough. Yes. He he's always been very outspoken. He's always been very brazen, kid rock. You know, that's that's why he was successful, I guess. Um, but it's good to start seeing people with a larger platform put this stuff out and say, we've had enough. Well, you know, people are wanting to they want to rebuke what is happening. And it I the world knows the word is the F bomb to rebuke things. Yeah, that's what yeah. they do. That that's a rebuking word. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, it's just a vulgar, it's a vulgar word. It's a vulgar word that we don't use, but I tell you, I, it's a rebuking word. Yeah. I agree with the rebuke. Let's put it that way. I agree with the rebuke. I agree with the, we have to remain united as a nation. So, Mm -hmm. um, but totally like zipping along to a very different topic. I have a question. You went to see Redeeming Love. This is like mm-hmm. kind of like we're we're gonna segue from politics, yes. guys, into yep. a little bit of um, you know movies. Enter- entertainment. That's that's yep. where we're at. So we've talked a little bit about music. Now we're into some entertainment movies. So Redeeming Love is a movie that's just been released. For those of you who do not know, it is based off of a book by Francine Rivers, and it is. A, loosely based on the story of Hosea in the Bible, that whole book in the Bible, mm-hmm. where the prophet Hosea is told by God to marry a prostitute mm-hmm. and what transpires. I think it's only about four, five chapters, the whole book. So um, the book of Hosea in the Bible. Now this other book has taken that story and it obviously added creative rights to it. Beautiful mm-hmm. book. You've read yes. it. I've read it. Yeah. It impacted me. Yes, it impacted me. I read it twice. I loved it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really is about the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. 
-hmm. It's about how no matter what we've done, no matter where we go, we can never go too far from Jesus. We will always have that redemption. He will always welcome us back. Yes. And it's free will. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. But we went yeah. to see the movie. Now, not together, unfortunately, because I'm a Florida Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted it would have been good. good. It would have been great to go together. It would have been fun to go together, but we probably would have gotten creeped out and walked out halfway through, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I took my mother-in-law. You took your son, who is yep. 12? 12, yes. yes. Okay. It's PG-13, which I didn't realize until I'm sitting there and it's, playing and I'm looking at the floor thinking this is this is kind of uh and I looked it up and I was like oh it's 13 not that I don't watch pg-13 movies but mm-hmm. I do check why it's 13 if it's a you know a, a war movie it's mostly because of violence and so I'm okay with that if it's about mm-hmm. language and sex I'm not really going to entertain it um but yeah thoughts yeah. So for me, um, I took my son, he's 12 and I knew what the story was about. I knew that this was about redeeming love. And I knew this was about Christ, you know, him being our redeemer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my son's going through puberty and, you know, he's just at that age, he's, you know, curious about stuff. So I was like, you know what, this would probably be good, you know, take him to see this movie. I didn't realize though, that it was going to be so, I mean, this is a faith-based movie. I didn't realize when we went in there and um, I read the book, mm-hmm. I didn't know that visually they were going to really get into it sexually. Yes. Uh, I didn't know they were going to really get into the the, the sexual, um, even with Hosea, Michael Hosea. I didn't know that they were going to really get that intimate in front of me where I'm seeing them like really like trying it to was, arouse it arouses the system it makes you uncomfortable with your, soft with your son it yeah, was soft and my porn. son my son i didn't even have to tell him he went like he covered he took his elbow and took it over his oh, eyes without me telling him poor boy poor and boy. i'm sitting here like oh boy we're gonna have to and then it it ended and then it then it went into the story yeah i literally had to have we've already had a birds and a bees conversation. Sure, sure, yeah. We already had that conversation, but, but I had to really get into it. I'm glad we had a 30 minute ride home because oh, I had, sure. I had to sit there and talk to him. I had to talk through it with yeah. him. And, and yeah. you, you know, I'm just saying you, if you, that that's our experience. And I just didn't yeah. expect it to be that like intimate. It was like intense. That. It was, it was hypersexual. Yeah, very hypersexual. Now, uh, for anybody that doesn't know this, hasn't read the book, um, it is it follows the story of a young woman by the name of Sarah, but she changes her name to Angel due to the fact that unfortunately she is sold into slavery as a At child. eight years old. Yep, mm-hmm. as a child, and it is, um, you know, it it was sexual slavery, and that imprinted upon her to where she did become a prostitute later in her life at the age of 17 she runs away and this man sees her in the street named Michael Hosea and he has this he'd been praying for a wife and he feels that God has told him she's to be his wife he has no idea she's a prostitute until someone informs him of that then he pays to meet with her but not be intimate with her just to sit and talk to her Mm -hmm. um 
when he does go into that room with when in the movie she's nude she is completely nude she only has her hair covering her breasts and yep. i'm sitting there and i'm like oh um yep. and so that was know, another elbow oh, elbow to the eyes I'm yeah like, and i'm thinking what in the world and that's the first part of this movie that i'm like what is what is going on here you know and um it touches on a lot of very tough topics but the book also touches on these topics but in a more appropriate way and i did find out that it was not produced by christians it was a secular company that produced it so and made it and so you know it just i'm not going to go into all the details but what i will say is it made me feel uncomfortable with my mother-in-law i actually the best scene was the end and I'm not just saying that because it was the end it was that that scene was was a sweet scene and to be honest the whole movie should have been more like that you know but the comment had been made out on TikTok by somebody else and I completely agree with her you cannot take this book which is a pretty hefty book and you cannot make it into a two and a two hours and 15 minute movie you can't because yeah. there's too much to unpack from start to finish. It should have been a mini series. That's, I will stand by that and agree with that girl until Jesus comes back because mm-hmm. it's just too much to unpack. And it could have been done in a much more appropriate, acceptable, redeeming way. They didn't even really cover the story of redeeming love. They didn't get into that. Yeah. They lost over it. And so- Yeah, they kind of made Michael Hosea kind of- too um human like i guess kind of too like i i think they know, made him too um because there's no man on this earth that's like that i'm sorry they're not like that they do not forgive over and over again like that no christ does yes jesus does and but i think it's he a was the representation and that yeah that's where they failed he was supposed to be the representation of jesus Instead, they portray him as a man. And here's the thing, you know, you sent me some reviews last week and the reviews were that uh, the secular world thought this movie was icky and weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what they said. And to be honest, I felt, listen, I came home and I just was kind of like speechless. I didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I kind of looked at my mother and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. And she was like, I don't either. Cause she's read the book numerous times as well. Yeah. It's a great so, book. Yeah. It's a wonderful book. And, and yeah. so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't know how I feel about this. And eventually I went to sleep still thinking about it. Like, how do I feel about it? my eyes must have been huge. And then I got up the next day and I messaged you and I was like, I've, I've decided I don't like it. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't feel good about yeah. it. And I agree completely with these comments coming in on reviews. I agree. Yeah. It felt, I felt weird about it. I felt like it was just, it glorified the sex portion of it and it yes. glorified God. That was yes. my problem. Yeah. It, it appealed to the flesh. I felt, I felt my flesh appealed to it. Like, you know what? I want to go home and spend some time with my husband. (laughs) Amen. I was like, oh, he's handsome, but I I have a husband. Okay. Yeah. No, I completely. No, it did. It did. It Uh appealed. I would not like it appealed to my flesh. Mm -hmm. It really did. did. But, but I wanted more of Christ because it was hard to, 
separated because she was, you, you see him visually having sex with her. Yeah. Christ, Christ doesn't do that. Girl, he's got her pinned up against a wall at this point. I and know. Going, Dear Jesus. I know. Stop. Just stop. You know, I, I really thought it would have been like, you know, you'd see them kiss and you kind of know and it fade off. No. Yeah. We're going to go for it right here and see the whole yeah. It appealed to the flesh, guys. Yeah. It really did. It got you hot and heavy and it was soft porn. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And it it was, I'm not saying that sex is not, be- sex is beautiful. When okay. I love, it's, it's wonderful, yes. but you don't get to see us in the bedroom, honey. You ain't no. going to see us on the big screen. No. That's not going to be for y'all's enjoyment. That's for God. That's between, that's, that's in the holy of holies, the sanctity between man, husband and wife in the sanctity of God, you know, yes. behind the veil. Yes. You know, it's so not, that's what you know, I, and, and that's the thing. I, I should I have been veiled. Yes. Period. Like I, her, you know, like the movie, uh, the movie that we saw, um, uh, the prince and I, the king and the print, uh, you know, about, I, um, the king and I, the king and I with, um, about, um, Esther. Esther. Yeah, the Esther movie. They made it very classy. They didn't show them in the bedroom. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Get it yeah, get- up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing that. And there was a lot of, it listen, we're girls of the 90s. There was a lot of bumping and grinding going on. I'm just going to say it right now. As yeah. it, was, it was just like, whoa, what in the... I can't, I was, listen, I ate so much popcorn that day. My stomach hurt because I was in the popcorn. I was like, oh I Jesus, I got to eat the popcorn. <laughs> I'm taking communion with the yeah. popcorn and diet coke. Yeah. Lord, I'm sorry. Yes. I, yes. And, and part of me actually. That's how I felt too. I, I kept thinking maybe I should have gotten up and walked out. Yeah. And there is part of me that wants to write Francine Rivers and say, Francine, you were an executive producer on this. I'm so disappointed. Because your book is beautiful. Maybe you need to stick to writing, lady, and stay yeah. out of the movies. Yeah. Disappointed me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to read her books anymore. I oh, I, I loved her book. I mean, it, it was just like The King and I, like about Esther. It was just like that. It was just nice and classy. You you know, in you know the confinement of the glorious of, you know, we didn't get to see the porn part of it. We just, we just saw the... The love of God in the there. The Bible and... is graphic at times. Yeah. Let's not, read, yeah. you know, we're not. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're the Song not, of Solomon. Yeah, yeah. We all know. We're not prudes. Um, we're both very happily married women. Yeah. And, we wouldn't be married if. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And so here's the thing. It's not that, that sex is dirty. That's not the thing. But it's not appropriate when the basis of your story is the love of Jesus Christ and his redeeming love for us through salvation and how he consistently will accept us no matter what we do. He will forgive us and make us whole. That's where it got off track for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a part in there with Micah Jose. I will give them this where he did wait for her. He didn't just come home and wham, bam. You know, yeah, get, yeah. You know what and, I mean? And, he, and that married. is part of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, he didn't come, you know, once he get married to her, he didn't like, let's have sex. You know, he waited on her. And that's very that is very much like a, a marriage, too. It's not just okay, let's just have sex. You know, it's it's a constant working together, you know, yeah. and 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 pleasing one another and you know, loving one another. So they did kind of show that but like i said the whole like we'll slam them up against the put her up against the uh wall and 
and you know, oh my gosh, I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. I mean, this is getting my getting me aroused. It just put and that's me, the truth. Yeah, and it just it took um, uh, an amazing story from the Bible, as well as her book, to a place it didn't need to go. That's the reality of it, and it that's just true. you know um, it was disappointing. So. If you are a Christian, you've read Redeeming Love, you have a desire to see this movie, I, I mean, I would say no, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I would give it, um, you know, if you're asking for how many thumbs down out of uh, 10, I'm probably going to give it a good eight thumbs down for me. That's just, mm-hmm. it just, yeah. it was, I had, and we talked about this before we went to see it. I had said, I really hope that they don't damage what the book is because the book is beautiful. Yeah. And I can't tell you, I mean, we could not wait to watch this movie, y'all. I mean, I I literally saw the first showing on the when it first came out, the 1230. I went to girl. I was like, I can't wait. (laughs) And me and my son, we're just having a good old time. And oh gosh. And then boom. Like, oh, this is it. This if my son, the way he described it, because we talked to Justin about it. Yeah. He said, he said, so what do you think of the movie? He said, Well, there was just one part which was interesting that I thought it was going to be cool with the whole gold. They were shaking the gold. It was like, yeah, you know, I'm excited. And then it goes straight to the prostitute part. And he's like, yeah. And then yeah. after that, I had to keep my eyes closed. Yeah. And it wasn't even just those scenes. I'll say this and we'll wrap it up. There was bad language in the movie. Yeah. They were swearing and, 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 you know, the B was, word. Yeah. There were four letter yeah. words in there. And, yeah. and I just thought, oh, why? Cause that isn't in the book, but they thought, and we both said this, this is what happens when the church tries to be like the world and you want to appeal to the senses of the world with what you're producing. So, you know, Christian films are either a really badly done. Let's be real here. Most Christian True. films are really badly they're, done. Yes, yes. Or bad actors. Made, yeah, bad actors, bad locations, costumes, yeah. people, the whole thing. Or they're really well put together, the cinematography and the locations and all of that, and the costumes, but the story is really bad. Well, yeah. They managed to do that with this one, you know? I yep. mean, uh, it just, wah, wah, wah. That's how yeah. I Yeah, yeah. It, the book is a 10. Okay? Oh, the book is a the 10. Book, the book ten, is a 10, ten y'all. Ten. Like, <laughs> you can read it over and over and over, and you will not be able to put that book down. I remember when I first got it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to read this chapter. I'm just going to, no, I went all the way to the middle of the book. <laughs> yes, girl. And let me and tell then, you, all her books are like that. So she's an yeah. amazing art author when, yeah. when you look at it and she's got all kinds of different, they're not all the same. It's not like there's this little series. It's like, they're all different from different perspectives. She's a wonderful author. I am not down on her as an author. I am down on the fact that they did that to the book, but yeah. you know, what do you expect? The books are always better because you created in your own head. So yeah. That's so true. So yeah, that, so if you've read the book, you, you're going to follow it and you're going to say, well, that wasn't in the book. That wasn't in the book. So yeah, you'll yeah. see it, but yeah. I'm not, I can't say don't see it. I mean, but if you do see it, be prepared. Love your, yeah. And <laughs> I would love to hear your reviews because please, we'd be interested to hear what you had to say. I wouldn't recommend taking uh, a teenage son. Uh, 
I wouldn't even take a teenage daughter. I mean, I'm just saying because it's going to, you're going to be having to answer a lot of questions and it's going to be an all day thing. Maybe a couple day thing. Listen, two days. (laughs) I took my 85 year old mother-in-law and I had to answer some questions for her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, oh Lord, why, why me? Yeah, I thought about taking my mother-in-law and my uh yes. my aunt. I thought about taking them and I'm like, I'm glad that's why didn't. I text you. I was like, Jamie, before you go see this movie, but you were already there. So I- yeah, I was <laughs> already there with my son. And then I so, yeah. I was like, oh Lord. Anyways. Yeah. He was well, home because of the schools. The schools right. were closed. Yeah, yeah. Because you had the snow days and MLK coming up and all that, that. And that and that's why I couldn't leave him home. I was like, well, you know what? This is a faith-based movie. So. <laughs> Woo! It ain't the chosen. That's what I'm gonna say. No, and I, I'm so thankful for the chosen. Now that that is a good series, y'all. It is cinematic, it's beautiful. They do a great job, yeah. you know, producing it. It's perfectly, perfect the way they did it. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love The Chosen. And the only thing I will say is just remember this. There are aspects of it that they are being creative with. It's not necessarily certain. It's biblical, but there are um, creative licenses that they use within conversations of disciples and certain storylines that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, well, where's that in there? And and it's not necessarily broken down that way, but it is very well done. Even during the pandemic, they managed to pull it together and keep going. Mm -hmm. And it's all, it's not supported by some great big organization. It is viewer supported. All the funding is viewer supported. You can download the chosen app onto your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever. And then you can stream it to your TV. That's what we do at our house when we watch it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just so well done. It's um, Dallas Jenkins is the producer. Yep. His father wrote the series. Um, Left Behind. The Left Behind series, that's right. Yep. So you know you're going to get some really good storylines and quality with it. It's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly. There's no weirdness. Anyways, we'll leave you with that. Check out The Chosen. Thank you guys for listening to us. And, uh, Thank you. And some freedom today. Watch what you watch on TV or in the movies, Lord. Help us. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's oh, right. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to Freedom Wranglers. That music right there is Later Alligator by Shane Ivers, and you can find that at www.silvermansound.com. We also want to thank Goodman Ministries for all of their financial support for this podcast. Now, don't you forget to saddle up, sit back, and wrangle in freedom this week.